axis used to range south between Bandera and the Frio, but the hogs pushed them out of the canyons and to the north, where they found nutrient-rich granite grasslands that allowed them to grow larger and stronger. That exodus produced axis the size of small elk that could run faster than a white tail and spawn twins. The poor cows didn't stand a chance against a hungry saunter of hogs, but the axis herds kept at about a hundred strong, white speckled and muscled, each 500 pounds, with four-foot, three-pronged antlers. Their preference was to easily outrun the hogs, but they could run them through if cornered. The sheriff had come to believe that this land, maybe more than others, was made for change, and that holding on to the past, good or bad, was a foolish notion. His father had long ago shown him, in a book, pictures of the granite dome on which he now lay, glassing for axis, on his belly so as not to interrupt the horizon. Next to the pictures, the caption had said that the rough stone used to be a pool of magma that flowed five miles below ground, and that it pushed up and tried to escape but never did, a volcanic bubble that never got to burst. Millions of years ago, they lived as domes below the waves and then as islands when the hill country became tidal flats, and dinosaurs were the apex predators. He had seen their footprints on the Selah Ranch south of Johnson City, almost three feet long with claws four inches longer. What monsters, and imagine a million of them. But they couldn't stand up to the flush of carbon dioxide that opened the door to mammals and then specifically humans. When the first traveling humans came to North America over 15,000 years ago, Long before the ones that crossed the Bering Strait, they came here. A hundred miles to the north, years before the lights went out, scientists found their settlements and tools made from the flint that would arm natives until modernity. Those first men, women, and children thrived on game, whitetail, and turkey, and forage that prospered in the oak savanna. It must have seemed like the Garden of Eden, and they probably had their own name for it as such. After them, waves of native tribes would rise and fall, nameless in our language, forgotten because there was no written record. When the Spanish came, there were the Lipan and Mescalero Apaches, and ultimately the Comanches who drew the hill country as the frontier to their Comancheria empire a wall of violence and independence with which European settlers collided. Only a few at first, then thousands and hundreds of thousands of Scotch, Irish, and German. The Comanche couldn't kill them fast enough. They tried, but they just kept coming. The settlers subdued every piece of this world, and then the second flu came, and the lights went out, and everyone who survived got knocked backward in time landing somewhere, the sheriff liked to think, near 1850 when the population of Texas eyed 100,000. All of the folks in the New West were back in the old days. The sheriff, in year three of his five-year contract, which none of his predecessors had completed, if he made it through this year, he would become the longest-serving sheriff, and he attributed that record in part to not inciting the colonel. 
as he lay on his belly glassing the axis among the oaks and juniper. He knew that was about to change. He saw bucks with four-foot racks and plenty of doe that he was sure he could knock down with his 308 if he were hunting, but he wasn't. He wasn't sure of what he was doing, whether riding up on the colonel in the field was a good idea, or if the colonel was even out there. No sight of him. The deputy walked up behind him and crouched short of the horizon so the deer couldn't make his outline. There were three herds in sight, and they took turns bedding, eating, and scanning the horizon. Axis this thick, they should be here. If we can't find him, then we need to close the ice house. For how long? A month, maybe two. As long as it takes for old Jack Spade to get back in the Colonel's good graces. People need that place, the deputy said. They'll turn on you quick. I know. What do you care about Jack Spade? I don't, the sheriff replied. Hill Country would be better without him. What I care about is people knowing their lives matter. That all this makes some sense. If the colonel executes old Jack at the ice house, on his own schedule, in front of everyone, then we've lost all sense of peace, sense of anything. The sheriff picked up the binoculars and searched to the south, to the north, to no avail. I can't talk to him if I can't find him. Can't let it happen. Can't count on the folks I'm trying to protect to understand. He stood, and the closest axis took notice of the sudden silhouette, turned, and ran steadily, not stopping to look back as the white tail used to. Got no good options, but I still gotta choose one. Faith leaned over the stove and brought just enough water to a boil in the heavy-bottomed pot that came on loan with the house. The smallest bubbles formed and broke free of its iron base, rising to the surface of the water and then into the air, rising further toward her face. Some resting on her skin, some into her mouth and nose, eyelids and hair. Her younger son set the table while she slid the frascatelli into the rolling water and paused for the time it would need. She watched her younger son position plates and forks carefully and conjured an image of his older brother and Caroline, their adopted daughter. They were most likely collecting wood with their father or more likely, she thought, just walking in the woods with him, telling them the names of the trees and rocks and stories about how things happened in the past or what they could be in the future. He was good, and she knew that most when she saw how he took Caroline in, treated her like the boys, and made sure she knew she was safe. He treated Caroline as if she were his own daughter, and although she wasn't, and he wasn't perfect, he did that part perfectly. Faith turned and checked the ingredients on her counter. Everything was in place, the two eggs from the aged hen, black pepper from the garden, olive oil from the winter garden south of San Antonio, the precious salt from Van Zant County, and the hard cheese she had made with the younger boy's help. The older, 
was too hurried for the process. And if you didn't follow all of the steps, you stood to waste five gallons of milk, something she could not abide and perhaps even dreaded. It is good to know what we are good for, she thought, and to avoid the other things. She used a skinner to move the floating pasta to the family serving platter, where it would rest while she made the sauce. She moved a second pan to the flame and added a coating of oil, not as much as she would have liked, and then ground the peppercorns in the molcajete her husband had made for her. The skimmer was woven tighter at its edges, and she used that small space as a sieve to separate the bland and chewy husks of the peppercorns from the spicy, soft flakes inside. This was a recipe that had come from her great-great-grandfather, who had survived the Spanish flu and then went to war in Europe, which they had called the Second Great War. When Faith saw John and the older boy and Caroline coming toward the house, she cracked the eggs into a bowl and used a fork to grate some of the hard cheese into the bowl and then to whisk the eggs and the cheese. She poured the pasta into the pan of hot oil, turning it and adding a little of the reduced and starchy water to start the sauce. And then the whisked eggs and cheese add a little more of the water turning it constantly to emulsify the oil, the starch in the water, the cheese, and whisked eggs. She added the pepper and salt to taste and called to the family. The boys ate quickly and thus spoke little, but their ears and eyes were trained on their parents' conversation. We glassed hundreds of axes, but not one of the colonel's boys, not even a cold camp. Faith said nothing. I need to find him, talk some sense into him. Sense? It was only one word, but the way she said it caused Caroline's and the boy's eating to slow. They looked carefully at their father and then back at their mother. You ask me, he's got you running around. The children stopped chewing entirely. Well, he spoke slowly, careful in front of the children. You might have opined that before I spent all day doing so. If you had asked. Caroline looked down and the boys, like all little boys, did not realize how wide their eyes were. That their mouths were open, that their emotions were so easily read. I am now. Our brother-in-law told you he'd be hunting because that was what was told to him. Yes, when I was in town last week picking up my order of salt from Van Zant, I saw the butcher hanging four axes. This morning I traded some pepper with the old woman who tans the hides, and she said they were the colonels. As soon as she stopped talking, the boys looked at their father, who said nothing but leaned back in his chair and smiled. Not even those men could go through that much meat that fast. And that means he's got you running around. Thank you, detective. The boys giggled, and the younger boy split a little pasta as he smiled, knowing all was good. And in regard to your other objective? I shouldn't have said since, or even talk anything into him. I meant that I need to know if this thing with Spade will blow over or if I'm really in a corner. We're in a corner if it won't blow over. I'm not going to find him. Or find that out from him. I agree. You want to go see her and ask what she knows? I do. And you're requesting my permission? I am. 
don't stay late. You got no good options, John.